It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin, and the show. Well, the Lakers lost the must-win game that now leads to the absolutely must-win game and a series that, according to the cliche, that a series doesn't start until a team loses one of their home games has just officially begun and feels over. So the Lakers lose to the Denver Nuggets uh, last night, one nineteen to one hundred eight. Uh, I look here's <laughs> for those who who care, and and look, I really appreciate that that that, that there's a lot of you who care. Um, I essentially made the decision to not go live right after the game with Raj because I wanted to, you know, have Raj on a show that more people would listen to on Monday rather than have him on a show on a Sunday that nobody would be listening to. So that's why it is just a lowdown for me here on this Sunday morning as we get ready for what, you know, maybe the Lakers steal, uh, you know, game four, win game four, and extend this to a five-game series or whatever. But this feels over. This feels over, and 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 it sucks that it feels so feels this kind of over. But... Denver's just better. So I'm going to recap this game and, uh, you know, we'll kind of start to write the obituaries to this season as it gets ready to end the recaps to the season and start looking ahead to what will be a really fascinating off season here. And, uh, and yeah, let's, let's try to keep this thing fun and, and, and get you through your, your Sunday until Raj and I can record later today. One more time, the final here was 119 to 108. The Denver Nuggets. Uh, so Denver outscores the Lakers 32 to 20 in the first quarter. The Lakers come back in the second quarter 35 to 26. The Lakers then win the third quarter 27 to 26, and then Denver winds up, you know, running away with it there in the fourth. But you know, you look at the plus minuses here, and I know that plus minus is a flawed stat, especially in a single game setting. But D'Angelo Russell played 20 minutes tonight was a minus 12. And when you consider the fact that like his minus 20 and his just disaster of a series took place in a lot of minutes where uh, he is playing next to usually LeBron and AD, because they have to make up for his defense. Um, it's just, it's really kind of that simple. And, you know, Ham tried to limit him, right? He only played 20 minutes here tonight. Rui uh, got his minutes up from the 30 in, in the previous game up to 34 here in this one. Um, Dennis Schroeder played 25 minutes because somebody has to play those backup point guard minutes if, if Russell isn't going to play. 
But every single time Russell was on the court, you were just hoping to survive it. And you can't say that about your starting point guard or your starting baller or whatever D'Angelo Russell wants to uh, consider himself. You cannot have a $30 million a year player not playable in the Western Conference Finals. You are not going to win, especially against a better team, right, in, in the Denver Nuggets. You are not going to win if one of your starters is that kind of a disaster. And then the other starter that they had, uh, Darvin Hammond, this one started, kept the same starters that, uh, coming off of a loss, which I thought was certainly a decision you can make. Um, Jared Vanderbilt played 14 minutes and was a minus 10 in those minutes. So you have two starters in limited time have a very tangible negative impact on the game. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, you had Vanderbilt playing next to Dennis Schroeder, which means that like you have two guys who should normally get minutes against Jamal Murray to hopefully disrupt this game. And if both of those guys are on the court, then one of those guys isn't actually serving the purpose that he should probably serve out there. I just, um, look, to a certain extent, I don't want to be too hard on Darvin Ham being a rookie in this spot with a rotation of, by the time we got down to it, four guys you felt comfortable with. Like, that's that's tough, right? Like, that's not, that's a very difficult, you know, needle to thread there as a coach is, all right, I have four guys that I, I feel comfortable with, and uh, we're still looking for that fifth in a sport that requires you to play five players. The Nuggets, on the other hand, they had their six guys in their starters and uh, Bruce Brown. Jeff Green gave them good enough minutes uh, to get by. But you look at their their minutes allotment, right? Aaron Gordon, 32. Michael Porter Jr., 38. Uh, Nikola Jokic, 38. And that was despite foul trouble. So anytime that Jokic could be on the floor, he was. Uh, Jamal Murray played 42. Contavious Caldwell-Pope uh, played 34. And then you had your two bench guys at 23 and 29. They don't have anybody in there in the 15 to 20 range that if you're playing 15 to 20 minutes in a, in a playoff game, that's essentially a coach saying like, all right, we just got to get through those minutes. We got to try to survive those minutes until we can get guys out there that we feel more comfortable with. And the Lakers had two starters, two starters in in, the, in that kind of range. And, and that's just really difficult to deal with. So like even while I think Ham made some pretty kind of bonehead decisions here in this series and specifically in this game, what are you going to do when you have four guys? You know, uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of people saying like, well, Lonnie Walker should have played more. Okay. But, you know, he finishes the game two of five and took some really dumb shots when the Lakers really needed to play smart to take full advantage of the non Jokic minutes when he was sitting with four fouls. Um, and, and then like, you know, you look at the stars, Davis goes for Davis had a really good game, 28 points, 18 boards, two blocks. Um, and, and, and all of that, right. Not couldn't really necessarily ask for more than that. Then you have LeBron eight of 19 for 23 points, 12 assists and seven rebounds counting stat wise. That's about right. But like, one of those, like you look at Jamal Murray, he goes for 37 points and was the reason Denver was ahead in the first quarter and ahead in the second quarter. Um, 
and and the Lakers were just kind of like trying to get back into the game despite his incredible production. The Lakers didn't really get that game from LeBron. Like we we're still waiting on the LeBron game in the Western Conference Finals. And look, if you're not going to get the LeBron game, it's really kind of that simple. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I do want to stress, like I do really want to credit Denver in this series. Uh, they are far and away the better team in this, in this, in this matchup. Uh, I just cannot say enough about that team and their ability to, to just run away with the series. I thought that the Lakers would make it a tough one. I thought coming into it, <laughs> I thought coming into it that, you know, you would have, you know, you, I thought Denver was a better team, but I thought, I also thought the Golden State was a better team in that series. And the Lakers were able to come out and flip that math. Um, and in this one, the Lakers weren't able to flip that math. Like in this one, Despite getting more free throws in this game, Denver was just better, you know, all over the court and specifically the guard spots where like everybody thinks of Nikola Jokic, Jokic is finished. Jokic finishes with 24, eight and six, you know, he closed out the game because he wasn't out there in the third and clearly had more legs than everybody out there because again, that the Lakers uh, didn't take full advantage of the, of those minutes when he was sitting there on the bench with foul trouble. Um, but Jamal Murray was a superstar. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. hit big shots. The the guard combination, the, the shooting guard combination of Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Bruce Brown absolutely torched the Lakers uh, where Dennis Schroeder was whatever in this game. He, Dennis Schroeder was what you would expect from a veteran minimum type player. Uh, Reeves was like, as good as you can hope for from a second year undrafted player, but you know, he gets, he gets wiped out uh, just mathematically by uh, Brown and Caldwell's uh, production. And then you have Murray just absolutely torching anybody who was guarding him, anybody, not just guards, but anybody who was guarding him, he was, he was having his way with them. So, you know, when, when, when you look at this game and this series, you know, I thought that hopefully LeBron or AD, and, and actually mostly AD, would play Jokic relatively evenly. We've had two games here where uh, AD has outscored Jokic and outproduced Jokic, and it hasn't mattered because the guard advantage that you've had from Denver has just been that stark. And, and it's made even worse by 
Darwin continuing just relentlessly force feeding us this stupid three small guard lineup against the biggest team in the league. So, um, and look, even as I say stupidly, I, you want him to see how it goes with Troy Brown, I guess. You know, you you want to see if 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 uh, Rui and Vanderbilt can play with AD or can play with LeBron and AD and you just go super big out there. Um, you know, maybe it works, but chances are because we haven't seen it to this point in the season, um, probably not going to go very well. So, yeah, it's just... While I I think that Darwin didn't necessarily make the best out of his situation, uh, the situation was kind of brutal because of the way that, like, D'Angelo Russell played. He was a disaster. Let's talk about D'Angelo Russell. Um, I thought it was interesting that in this, uh, in the middle of a series, we get a leak that the Lakers are considering benching Russell bringing Dennis Schroeder from the bench unit and having him start in Russell's place, but that they couldn't do it because they were concerned they were going to lose him. You look at his numbers, sure feels like you lost him regardless, right? So it made me wonder over the course of the series, like, all right, is anything else potentially going on? And look, um, Occam's razor, right? The, the, that, that, that theory would basically be like, well, no, Darwin has a blind spot there. He feels like he has to play one of those guys and you just hope to survive those minutes when he's out there. The problem is with like, by starting D'Angelo Russell, that group, that starting unit, and this is a case of every starting unit in the history of basketball, that group is going to get the most minutes together and you are not maximizing the LeBron and AD minutes you know, some of the LeBron and AD minutes. And if you aren't maximizing those minutes, then what are we doing here? Right. And, uh, so that was the, that, that was kind of a consistent, has been a consistent theme in this series to this point. And it's been so consistent and he continues to play that I find myself wondering like, why, what else is going on here? Is there something else potentially going on here? And, um, look, D'Angelo Russell is about to be a free agent. He's about to be an unrestricted free agent and the Lakers can't afford to lose him for nothing. So either they're going to try to come to terms on some kind of new contract this, this upcoming summer that makes sense for both sides, or they have to convince him to agree to some kind of a sign-and-trade um, that, that gets them more immediate help. And, you know, my guess is either that happens, right? Either they find some sign-and-trade deal where he gets, you know, slightly overpaid, and he agrees to a deal where, you know, some team has some money on their books that they aren't comfortable with long longer term, and Russell winds up going, and and the Lakers bring in somebody uh, who may be on like the not not the best contract, but they might feel more confident confident could play in a spot like this, and and Russell won't be a Laker next year, or they agree to a new contract this upcoming season, and. December 15th or whatever it is when guys can start, you know, if they sign a new contract in the season or in the off season, uh, those guys become eligible to be traded. And that's when the Lakers start looking to see what, what they can upgrade uh, from Russell with. And even there, like it wouldn't surprise me if they bring Russell back and he plays well in the regular season, well enough in the regular season that like, Hey, maybe just maybe 
but even if that happens, um, like <laughs> I can already, I can already envision my 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 mentions as I point this out when this happens. But uh, I can already see Russell playing well enough that people start saying, "Oh, you know, maybe this year's different. He looks quite a bit better. Maybe he might be able to play in the playoffs." And and no. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No, I don't think he can. He The, the thing with Russell is um, he do, he can't take advantage of any, or he, he can't, uh, like if you get a switch, He's not going to exploit that switch. He's not going to exploit any kind of advantage that you hope to gain on a switch. He's not very quick. Um, he's a streaky shooter, and he is so streaky that, like, in the playoffs, that kind of streaky shooter, it doesn't really translate very well. And and then um, he sucks on defense. Like, he's just not good on defense. He gets out-muscled. He's not very fast, and, and he just gets... Like in this series, he's been targeted relentlessly. Anytime he's on the court, the Nuggets are trying, like going out of their way, basically hunting him. And it, whether it's hunting him on ball or hunting him off of the ball, where a lot of the backdoor cuts are taking place with him, or they're attacking the rim in ways that force him to be the backside of the defense. And he has not been physical enough to get some of those offensive rebounds. Or, or defensive rebounds, like in this one tonight, he grabbed uh, he grabbed three rebounds. It, it's just, yeah, I, I just um, what I could see happening again. You have you have likely you know likely outcome number one, sign and trade. Likely outcome number two, sign and then traded mid December or at the deadline or whatever, or you know, or they just keep it rolling. And uh, well, I guess likelihood number three. They lose him outright because no team wants to trade for him at the number that he's going to be looking for. And then, you know, option number four is you roll it back, or you, you, you run it back, and, and you see what he can do and see if maybe some continuity going into next season makes him more successful in those spots. And, and look, like in fairness to Russell, he wasn't the problem in this series. The problem is that LeBron wasn't LeBron. AD, not necessarily AD, you know, you look at there, you look at those guys's uh, production in the bubble conference finals where the Lakers beat Denver. It was those guys like absolutely ravaging anybody who was in front of them and, 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 and taking full advantage of anybody who was in front of them. And in this series, like, 
it just it, it it never really felt like those guys had a full control over the series in ways that you needed to. LeBron keeps taking those threes. Uh, tonight he finishes uh, three like nine three pointers that LeBron attempted tonight in a series that you know he finally made his first three pointer midway through the third, and he's still taking nine of those things. He's not right physically. My guess is he has some kind of surgery on that foot as soon as this season is over, uh, hoping to recover by the time training ha- training camp happens. We still, like, Anthony Davis is still dealing with the stress fracture that they might have to go in and, and take a closer look at surgically. So neither of those guys, like, you know, the Lakers, if they were going to have a chance in the series, those guys were going to have to at least play even with Jokic and Jamal Murray, and they didn't. They just didn't. And the series is that much. And so, like, even while I really, I really criticize uh, D'Angelo Russell and and um, how bad he was in the series, he was that kind of bad because he could be the focus. You know, he could be he could he could be the thing that Denver really attacked because LeBron and AD weren't physically at a place where they could make up for Russell and also put him in spots where he could maybe be a little bit better. Um, and, and yeah, like it's just, look, I could find any number of ways, man. We're 19 minutes into this thing. And, and uh, like this podcast really could have been 30 seconds long. I could have just said Denver's better the end and talk to you guys tomorrow or whenever you guys are listening to this. But, uh, with, when it comes to Russell in particular, the thing that kind of really irks me is this notion that Darvin Ham starts the season with facts over feelings that what what is best for the team is what they need to do to be successful and he even got you know he even convinced Russell Westbrook to commit to coming off of the bench and and you say what you want about Westbrook but he at least accepted that role through that communication and for whatever reason here the Lakers felt like they couldn't get that same kind of commitment to that role here with D'Angelo Russell and I don't know if that says more about a coaching staff or an organization that has an eye towards the future with him, or if that says more about D'Angelo Russell, that the the organization feels a certain way about how he might handle that. But regardless, for a team that says facts over feelings, for him to not just start the first quarter, but then start the second half, um, yeah, it's just, it it, it didn't, you, you need better than that. All right, uh, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Shorter one here as it is a Sunday, the day after uh, the season essentially ends. I do want to say, before we get you guys out of here, uh, if I, and this is it, but as the Lakers season essentially is ending, what a what a season. You know, what a, what a, what, well, not maybe not necessarily what a season it's an entirety in its entirety, but, but what a, what a, what resilience that it took to like bounce back into the spot. And, you know, what an insane run to go from the 13 seed with, you know, a month or so to go in the season to the Western Conference finals. Uh, just absolutely bonkers this run has been and you run into a better team. Like sometimes that's just, you know, we, we all love the, the, the Disney ending, right? We all love the idea that 
uh, you know, sometimes maybe just maybe your, your magic doesn't quite run out. But in this case, it did. They ran into a, a significantly better team in in Denver. Uh, so much better that, you know, I, I, I'm really kicking myself for the way that I bet in this series. But, um, but all that said, what a run. Uh, organizationally, I think they kind of figured some things out. And it's going to be interesting to see how they apply that here moving into an offseason where you have Mo Bamba's non-guaranteed contract that you can trade later into the to the offseason that you norm then you normally can. You have Malik Beasley's um team option contract that can also be traded in and and you know uh utilized to improve the team. You have D'Angelo Russell, who you could potentially sign a trade. You have a first round pick that you can use on draft night either to draft somebody and, and we know how good this Lakers scouting department is. So the, the and and given how strong this draft class is that maybe the Lakers walk away with a pretty good player uh, by just drafting somebody or utilizing that pick to go get help that, you know, in, in the hopes of maybe making a run next year um, you have LeBron and AD, you know, getting to surgically fix themselves, hopefully and, and, and enter next year uh, with a better team, with a better roster that maybe doesn't force them to sprint through the final two months of a season and the playoffs uh, and, and, and and maybe allows you to get some rest here so that those guys don't have to go absolutely nuclear to give you a chance at getting into the spot. Um, there, there's, there's a lot, you know, when you, when you back up and you look at this, you zoom out and you look at it, you know, from a macro perspective, and and I really do think that the Lakers, um, they they this was a successful season. They traded Russell Westbrook. They turned his salary that would have been expiring on in, in an absolutely depressing and disappointing season. They turned that into a few players and a few contracts. And him like being removed from the rotation allows Austin Reeves to really show what he can do on the ball. That was another thing that I was surprised. Like the Lakers just like stopped going to Austin down the stretches of these games because they had to play Dennis Schroeder. And if you're playing Dennis Schroeder, then you feel like you have to give him the ball. Um, regardless, like the Lakers figured out what they have in Austin Reeves. They figured out what they have in uh, Rui Hachimura, somebody who is going to be like two guys that according to Adrian Wojnarowski and Dave McMenamin of ESPN, both those guys are saying that those guys are definitely back next year. And then you, you see what you can do on the peripheries here, right? You try to build out the, that rotation and, and whether it's, it's, you know, seeing what they, those guys who weren't able to play in the playoffs this year, um, seeing what maybe those guys can do with a little bit more continuity, some more time with say Phil handy, um, whatever it is, this was, I know that, I know that, you know, with the Lakers, we think title or bust or, championship or nothing and anything other than a championship is a failure but I just I just flat out disagree I <laughs> I flat out and and 150 percent absolutely disagree because this has been really fucking fun this is like watching these guys figure this out on the fly build this airplane in midair and 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 make this run where you you knock off the former champs you shut up Dylan Brooks and, and the Memphis Grizzlies, 
and yeah, you run into a, a a a team that is going to win the championship. Like Denver is going to be champions this year, um, and that's the team that you lose to. And by the way, like other than this one, all these games have you know other than game three, uh, these games have been single digit deficits, and and they've been relatively competitive with these guys. So yeah, like I just. There's nothing to hang your head over with this season. And, you know, I'll talk to Raj about this and I'll, I'll, I'll get his thoughts on it as we get ready for a game four that hopefully the Lakers win so that you avoid the sweep. But, but yeah, I, I think uh, this is, you know, it is what it is. And it's been really fun to this point. And I can't wait to dive into an offseason that I think is going to be really productive. Like I said, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. So until uh, today or tonight, whenever it is that you guys listen to, to, to your next episode, have a good one. Make sure you, you know, take care of yourself and, and rehydrate. If you did some drinking last night out of the misery that, that comes from a season essentially ending. And uh, and yeah, let's 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 keep this thing rolling through an off an absolutely fascinating offseason. So until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin. Sing everything.